Welcome back to the Keep Off the Birds podcast, coming to you from the sunny shores of what feels like Madagascar, but it's actually a matlock, it just is that warm. Joining me today is the man who is not Mansfield's favourite son, but he is Chesterfield's favourite son. It's Matthew Rhodes. Matt, how are you doing? I'm all right, yeah, I'm fine. I'm uh, frustrated because I, the furthest I can go is the the bottom end of the, the back garden at the moment until Wednesday. So I've got to self-isolate, which is why I went at the game um, for the Mansfield Town game. So, but yeah, I feel fine. I've got no uh, symptoms or anything like that. And I'm having uh, a test later today, see if I have actually got COVID. But yeah, let's... Uh, very, very frustrating, but I'll be back for uh, the Matlock Chesterfield game. Thankfully, you'll, you'll be glad to know, dear listener. I can see Matt's face currently, and I can confirm. Um, you know, I'm not a not a registered doctor, but he doesn't look very peaky to me. So I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll all come back fine. But like you say, Matt, with COVID, you can't take any chances. So yeah. that sideline you last night, I know you missed. Matlock Town Mansfield, a fixture you were relishing, a fixture that you had pinpointed as one you were looking forward to. And what a game. What a game. I mean, I was going to start with the Works with Ivano game, but I just want to gush about how good Matlock were last night against a, a, a League Two side, a League Two side that had two, what I'd consider really good strikers for a League Two level. And Matlock were just everything. You'd have thought it was played with the pace and desire of the cup game from a Matlock point of view. Every single player from 1 to 11, subs included, everybody put a shift in. And for those who don't know, and I don't know how you don't know, if you're listening to this, it'd be a bit strange, but we are now four games of beating in pre-season. Those four games, of course, works with Ivanhoe, Derby, Chesterfield... And Boston, four four games, four very differing tests. Um, you look at we've got Chesterfield coming up as well, so that's going to be a different test. You've got teams that are full time, teams that are part time, but the Gladiators at the minute are on a winning streak. Now you don't want to get carried away, of course, because it is only pre season, but winning is a really good habit and. What I've seen so far, I feel like we're beginning to see something of a really good side. How do you feel about it, Matt, from what you've seen? Yeah, uh, very positive after uh, the four uh, games that we've had in pre-season. Obviously, I, w- I weren't there for the Mansfield game because I've, I've got self-isolate. But uh, uh, from yourself and from everyone that I know uh, who commented on the game, uh, said it was terrific. Like you said before, Mansfield, um, who I imagine will have a pretty decent season this time around. They had a, a strange season uh, last time around. Um, obviously, to change the manager. But um, yeah, and they've brought in some really good additions, especially Reese Oates, who was fantastic for Hartlepool last season. Um, yeah, and they brought pretty much a full strength team out, maybe minus a couple. And uh, yeah, from what I heard, just Matlock really bossed the game, to be honest, um, and heard a lot about how Reese Kendall played really, really well. Uh, heard that Det Walker played very well, and Mark Lee's sort of running the game in midfield. From what from what you said earlier, James. Um, so yeah, all sounds good. But I'm not. I mean, I probably would have predicted a one 0 victory before the match, but I'm not too surprised that uh, they were able to uh, to get a victory because um, if, if you've been to the, especially the Boston game and the Derby games, they're looking really good. They just look like a strong unit. Everyone knows what the role is. Everyone's up for it. Um, and yeah, it is looking good. It just looks, looks like a really settled group of players that just all want to get going because obviously you know barely played in the past 18 months so they're all desperate to get going but they all seem so keen to be playing for Matlock in particular 
and all seem to be right behind, you know, the management's plans for how they go about the game, how they approach it tactically. It just all seems great. And the new additions all seem really good um, with Uchek Balan, especially, and, and uh, Alex Wiles. Um, yeah, all sounds fantastic. So I know it was, yeah, technically a, a surprise win. because obviously Matt, uh, Mansfield are, what, three divisions above Matlock. But yeah, not too surprised. Uh, that it happens because it just everything seems to be running running along and ticking along really nicely with uh, the Matlock squad. Everyone seems really 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 settled. Sounds like everyone's really fit as well, considering they've barely played any matches in the past eighteen months. Yeah, uh, no complaints whatsoever. Was uh, delighted with it and very intrigued to see how they get on against. Um, Chesterfield uh, in uh, the match this coming Wednesday will be really interesting to see what happens. Of course, with pre-season, it's it's difficult as a matter of myself to not get carried away because you want to go, oh, we're going to win the league before a beat in pre-season. We play some great teams. I, I've known Matlock win all their pre-season games and then lose their first four league games. So you don't want to get carried away. But if this Matlock side is defeated, it's not going to be through a lack of effort through a lack of desire. They're going to get beaten maybe by a side that's more technically efficient on the ball, a side that's a bit sharper, perhaps. A side that, you know, you look at South Shields or someone like that, who are full-time, who are going to be have that extra burst of energy. But this might not time. There's no quitting it. We saw against Boston, you know, coming from behind last minute goal there were only one team I feel in that game that wanted to win it that wanted to carry on that winning momentum and another thing that I've seen in pre-season that I really like as well it's not a case we're not looking at one guy say we'll take for example Liam Hughes even though he has chucked in a few goals goals are coming from places all over the pitch it's not just from one area in particular We've had goals from defenders. Uh, own goals cropped up with two. He's not signed yet, but we're, we're yeah, very. He had a good Euros, didn't he? Uh, well, that's it. I, you know, the the poor lads against Worksworth either. Though I think, like, <laughs> you know, nothing either could do, but their, their knees did benefit us that game. So, and, and then you've got like Qualter's got two. You know, Jez, two fantastic games. Uh, two fantastic goals. Sorry, against Worksworth either. You've got uh, Alex Bird, who, against Derby... And I mean, for me, I'm going to go on record and say this. And if Alex listens to this, he'll, he'll, I'll be his best mate. For me, when Alex Bird's on his day, I don't think there is a better player in the league. I thought you were going to he, say in the world, then. Oh, well, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo does have pictures of Alex <laughs> Bird on his wall. But he, he's just somebody... He has this... Knack, and I feel every team needs it. The knack to just pull out something special when you know when the chips now his crosses this season, his delivery from corners, they're going to cause so much trouble. And when you've got the likes of Liam Hughes in the box, you, you know you've got Reese Kendall, you've got Ryan Coulter, you've got um, play, you know Sam Edgerton, players of that ilk who aren't scared to stick their head in and go football. You're going to get goals from that, and I feel with Alex has shown that through the season. And I mean, for Alex, the second goal against Derby, that Hughes assist in particular, that, that you know, it just oozes of class. It's such a, a, a little touch, a minute touch almost, but it is the touch that makes the space to give Alex the ability to run on and then flick it over the keeper. You've got goals. I mean, Ross Hanna, there, there was this big question mark when he came in. What Ross Hannah are we going to see? Will Ross be able to recapture the magic he had at Matlock? I mean, I know you did the tech commentary for the Matlock Boston game. Uh, I believe you referred to as Sir Ross Hannah, and it's a moniker that's quite fitting. He's um, somebody, he's not going to have a burst of pace, or you're not going to see him, I think, run onto a ball that's about 10 yards in front of him anymore, but you are going to see a player that if he's given the ball in the box, he's going to ask questions of the keeper. And my word, his first goal against 
Boston was I, I know I know you weren't here at, in Ross's first that was classic Ross. So you, you look at that and it's it can only be a good thing going forward. Um, is there any plays in particular for the games you've seen? I know obviously you missed the Mansfield Town game that have stuck out to you. Any players that you feel are going to be big players from that this coming season just based off those games? Yeah, uh, quite a few, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I kind of tend to be uh, um, sort of a little bit pessimistic, I guess. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you follow uh, Chesterfield and Villa for a number of years. But um, there's just loads to be encouraged by. Um, Alex Byrne, yeah, uh, just to sort of briefly echo what you've said, just looks dangerous. Um Every time he's on, is uh, on the wing. Really, either wing, because he can uh, pop about on the left wing as well as the right wing. His deliveries are fantastic. Uh, I think he's been great, really, really good. It just looks like he's been playing regular football over the past eighteen months. When obviously that's not been the case uh, for for anyone at this level. So yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, Uchegbalim looks a very interesting signing. Uh, a little bit similar to Burn, sort of like where he where he can pop up on the pitch, but I think he can do a little bit more variety because I know he can sort of play as like a, a proper wing back, uh, so he'll have more defensive duties. But he can also play pretty much right right off off your your out and out strikers as well. Um, so you could do quite a lot of things with Uchegbalan by the looks of it, but it is just. He looks fantastic and a constant threat when he's on the ball. Uh, his performance against Derby's academy team was fantastic. Uh, they clearly had a lot of problems trying to trying to deal with him. I'm sure they were glad that he wasn't on the pitch for the full 90, but uh, he looks great. And from what uh, Dave Wilde has said before, he's still young. I think he's 20, but uh, already... He seems to be maturing his games. Apparently, when he first started, everyone knew he had the raw talent, but he kind of, not selfish, but kind of like would run, 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 and then sort of have a shot himself. Whereas now, and you've already seen it in these pre-season games, is looking up and seeing what other options have I got. So like, for example, when he passed the ball to Ross Hanna for his first goal against Boston, um, there was a great pass. There was a really good assist after a very good run individually. So he looks good. Now I think he'll be a, a fan's favourite because he looks an exciting player. And uh, I guess could be until midnight here. Uh, I'll probably end with Alex Wiles. Uh, he looks really good. Uh, I've seen Curtis Woodhouse, uh, former Gainsborough manager, and managed Wiles at the time that he was at the club. Uh, I saw him pop up online. Uh, when Matlock signed him and said, you've made a really, really good signing there. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been absolute class so far in pre-season. Works very, very hard. Um, seems to be everywhere, really. Uh, good surgeon runs, but a good tackler as well. Um, seems to have a keen eye for goal. Gets in around the box too, but does his defensive duties. He looks fantastic. Really, really good signing. So, yeah, this this genuinely like I mean I know I know it is only pre season, uh, but there's loads to be encouraged by, absolutely loads. Um, and pre season so far couldn't have gone any better. It really couldn't. I, I guess what what I'd say just overall collectively is I, what I am a bit surprised by is is just how fit the team are. Um, it, it just looks like they've they've been playing regular football for the past year, solid. And obviously that's not been the case, but they look really, really sharp and and just fit like everywhere on the pitch from defence up to up to the final third. Everyone looks really, really sharp and up for it. And I guess that may be surprised. Man, obviously it weren't the game, but that might have surprised Mansfield a little bit that they were so match fit. Uh, I think that was Mansfield's second game. So I'm guessing they were a little bit rusty, but then again, they did beat Retford 9-1, I think it was, in their first pre-season game. So, um, yeah, just really, really encouraging. And, yeah, like I said before, fascinated to see how they get on against um, Chesterfield because 
obviously they're a league below Mansfield, as much as it pains me to say that. But um, obviously they've been in excellent form since uh, James Rowe took over. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting because Chesterfield have made a lot of new signings, as usual. Uh, so they've got a lot of new look players. So I imagine they all won't have properly gelled in yet. Who's to say Matlock can't spring another surprise again? You know, they've they've got every chance maybe of springing another surprise. I, I think like like you say there, Chegg Bullen is a player that, that you mentioned. He's he's a, a real firecracker. He's somebody who is going to get fans off the seats. You know, he's going to get fans excited. He's going to win penalties this season. I will tell you that much. Because we saw, and I think you identified it against the Derby County under-23 side, where he was just absolutely terrorising defenders. And I think at the Northern Premier League level, there's going to be a few times where defenders are going to grow frustrated and just kick out. And I think that that's going to win him a few penalties. But I, I think, I think it, it is a good observation. He does play in a similar sort of... If you were looking at a heat map of the two, there will be a lot of crossover in positions on the pitch. I, I feel that can only be a thing that benefits Matlock going forward. Because when you've got two players who are adaptable, who can switch, who can... It gives you that two-pronged attack. You're not just having to rely on one side of the field. And I do feel in the past, Matlock have become reliant on, say, the left wing or the right wing. Whereas now you've got players who... You can be a threat from either wing. The The team is quite happy to spread the play as and when needed. And we saw that against Mansfield. Um, there's definitely no fear in doing that. But I I, I do feel it's it, there's a lot of positivity in the camp at the minute. There seems to be a lot of... Good-natured banter. The lads enjoy being around each other. I know. Um, I don't know if you'll mind me saying this, but I know the chairman treated a few of the players yesterday to a well-earned pint of beer. Um, I don't know if you'll mind me saying that, but uh, there seems to be a real close bond. The lads seem to want, and it's only my observation, of course, but the lads seem to want to play for Matlock. The, you know, they're here for the right reasons. And I feel that's why we've seen fans, and I, I mean, you'll have to tell me, Matt, if you agree or disagree with this. I feel we've seen fans unite behind this side, as opposed to, you know, questions being thrown up, is the manager making the right decision? I feel the fan base seems collectively to be behind um, Paul Phillips's project with the team. Yeah, yeah, I'd go along with that. I think you can see that through the crowds. Obviously, with it only being pre-season, you might expect... Well, you probably would expect still fairly low crowds uh, at the moment, but they've been good, haven't they, uh, for all of them, even the Worksworth game. And obviously Worksworth are about four divisions below Matlock, so they're obviously, um, <laughs> no disrespect, quite a... Sorry, that is going to sound patronising. They are a, a small club because they, they play at such a, a low level of football, but the crowd was, what, about 400 for that? So, yeah, yeah. it kind of shows... Um, yeah, with, with the spot that's already been shown in pre-season, I think it's kind of showing how much um, people are getting behind uh, this Matlock team. Uh, the crowd was, what, just uh, just under a 1,000? I mean, obviously, a lot will have been Mansfield fans as well, but that's still fantastic. I imagine for the Chesterfield game, obviously, it's, it's, I've, I've got no proof. But it's, it's sort of speculation at the moment, but I imagine it'll be a very big crowd. Uh, for the Proctor Cars Stadium, uh, because obviously both both teams have got a lot of good morale about them, and and they're in good form. Um, both teams are behind their managers, and obviously it's a it's a friendly local rivalry that's that's been going for years. So I imagine that'll be a terrific attendance. Um, so yeah, I think I think yeah, you can tell by the crowds that are coming in that people are you know, really uh, getting behind this team. What I just hope is that this season, I mean, not to focus on the news too much, but um, obviously there might be some disturbances. We just don't know yet in terms of uh, the season uh, being uninterrupted. So they might, we might have some hiccups. We'll just have to wait and see. But 
if we can just have a run of a few months where you know the the team are able the, the fans are able to see the team once or twice every week for a few months and Matlock are able to keep this up where they're winning more than what they're not then yeah you're going to see some really really good crowds I think and especially for local matches so like when we're playing Buxton, Mickelover and then teams that are still pretty close like Baseford I think you're going to see some really really good crowds at the Proctor Carl Stadium so yeah there's just plenty to be encouraged by really is I'm just going to have to apologise to our listeners there um, I don't know if he picks up on it. Matt Matt swore very briefly there. He said the B word, and oh, right. I, I just can't have that on here. Um, so uh, we're going to have there's, to put. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Baseford. Oh no! Well, no. This this is true. There is nothing wrong with Baseford, but we're going to have to put parental advisory at the start of this podcast now because um, the B words come out. But I, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, Matt Lottest will have a fantastic relationship that's been built over years. Um, I have family who are Chesterfield fans. You're a Chesterfield fan who I feel like we're going to have to tranquilise you up now with how excited you might get. Um, it's like bloody Zebedee, I tell you. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I think you've already already said they're the greatest teams ever play. Um, I, I, said argu- you- uh, I said arguably. Oh, well, I'll quite happily argue it with you. Trust me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it, you, you build a relationship up with clubs and it, it's great for Matt Love to have that because it gives us the ability to then go to, um, you know, your professional side, your Derby County, your Mansfields, your Chesterfields and say, you know, if you need to loan a player or you can say, OK, well, if you've got a youngster that you feel uh, the Northern Premier League, make no boots about it. It's a tough league. It's a a real hard knock sort of league. There's no punches that are held back. So you're gonna get you're gonna get a real physical tough game against any of the league sides. So and you know, maybe Mr. Rooney or Mr. Rowe or Mr. Clough, if they want to send any players Matlock's way, that's only gonna be benefited from that relationship. And I feel, you know, to talk about the Worksworth game very briefly, I believe the crowd for that, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody will correct me because people enjoy doing that. I think the crowd was 4-2-9. Now, Matlock had really made an effort, as have Worksworth, to build this relationship with the two places Worksworth and Matlock so close, building that community bond. And to see faces come to that game who we've not met before, who we had the pleasure of getting to know, they've then come to other games as well off the back of that. Works with the, the side themselves, Steve Murphy and everyone involved with them. They all they always show great support to us. And I know they're involved with a lot of local businesses in town. So to have the support of them, and I, I know they love, I believe, uh, they love coming down and playing at the Protocol Stadium. A little bird told me, and I don't know if it's confirmed yet, so I'm going to drop some exclusive information on the podcast. But I believe that works with Ivanhoe are playing a friendly at Matlock. Not against Matlock, but we are allowing them to use the ground for a friendly. I don't know the confirmed date, so keep an eye on social media for that if you wish to attend. But, it, it, you know, building up that relationship, it's can only be good things for Matlock. And it's it's a bridge we have to build if we want to go forward. We The days of being able to have a football club that sort of locks itself off from every other club and, and doesn't build bridges, you can't do that anymore. Football's so transcendent in so many ways, whether that be through social media, whether that be through anything really just day-to-day life it's become such a big thing for a lot of people so we'll be I'm definitely looking forward to that Chesterfield game and hopefully it'll be great to see um, some old faces from the Spyrites fan base some new faces of course Um, probably see my grandfather there who's a he's a big Chesterfield fan Me, me uncle is as well so it's always great to see them. I know um, we'll see a lot of Matlock fans there as well. That promises to be a great night. That is on Wednesday. On Saturday, 
if you think back to a few weeks ago, you're thinking Brighouse Town. Well, let me tell you, no, no. That one is now off the agenda due to unavoidable issues, sadly. Wish Brighouse Town all the best for the season. They hosted us last pre-season. We had a fantastic day there. But instead, we will be making the trip to Newcastle Town. Now you're thinking, that's quite the trek to go and play a team from the tomb. But you were wrong because Newcastle Town are based in the Stafford area, in and around there. So that's a 1pm kickoff. That's going to be a whole different barrel of cats because you're just not going to know what you're going to get with that one. You're going to get a different test. You're going to get, maybe you're going to get a more hard tackling team, more physical team. Maybe you're going to get a team that's perhaps less sharp because they're not a full-time team. You just don't know. Uh, speaking of barrel of cats, my cat's just shown up, oddly enough. Um, he takes any praise going. But it's there's such a, a, a nice wide range, I feel, of friendlies, of differing abilities, different sorts of temperament that these teams are going to have, for lack of a better term. So it's going to be really interesting moving forward. Of course, we'll come back in a few weeks' time. We'll look at how the team has progressed. We promise you we will have some guests on, so you don't have to listen to me wittering on. I know Matt's very interested and I could just be droning. I've got a very droneful voice, but it's great what we've seen so far. And hopefully... When we do come back, it'll only be positive and we can keep progressing. The fixtures are out. Hooray. Finally. My my calendar has more felt tip in it now than my school report did. It's just jam-packed with fixtures. Um, so let's look at the first three, shall we? It's kicking us off. Well, kicking the league off, we should say. Trip to Ashton United. Now... If you wanted any, if you're a sucker for a storyline when it comes to football, Matlock Town, you've got Philo, you've got Cage, you've got John Pritchard, you've got so many players, Mark Lees, just Sam Edgerton, players that have played for Ashton that are now playing for Matlock. Philo will really, you've got Phil, want to go out there and win that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a good first day to have. I mean, obviously, if if you if you could pick, you'd like to have it at home, wouldn't you? But uh, it's a good first trip uh, for the season. Um, Hurst Cross is a nice little uh, nice little stadium, actually. Uh, it was in that you know that big book towards the end of last year where it had like the top one hundred grounds in Britain. And it like featured or like all it weren't just like Premier League. It featured any any sort of level of football. Uh, Ashton's uh, Hurst Cross was actually in that as well, but obviously uh, Matt, uh, not not quite as high as Matlock, oh, which was about number oh, four. But, uh, I'm just yeah. going to have to ask: Have you paid to plug that book? That was no, a very. I've, I've not, but it is a fantastic story. book. It is it is very right. good, but I've not could, been could paid. Could you could you tell us the price it retails at and where we could find it at all good bookstores? Uh, no, I can't remember. Uh, the I think Mike Bailey wrote it. But uh, uh, anyway. Mike, get up phone to your agent. He's not done a good job of plugging this here. But <laughs> go on, Matt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good one. It's obviously it's not too far away. It's what it's in the, the Manchester area, Greater Manchester area. So it's not really that that long a trip at all. Pretty easy to get to uh, by train if you're not in car. So yes, it's a localish um, away trip against the team. Sort of. It's hard to say, really. In the last couple of years, sort of like two seasons ago, they seemed to be well. They did, they did have a very bad start, but then they did seem to be picking it up and seemed to have recruited a little bit better. And then, obviously, I mean, <laughs> that last season it stopped after about eight games anyway, so you can't really tell too much from that. But yeah, and obviously, just with the amount of Matlock players in the squad and in the coaching staff that. I've got experience before of being at Ashton, uh, particularly Philo as well. Um, it'll be a team and a, a ground that they know very, very well. So, yeah, I think that's pretty good first, uh, pretty good first away trip for Matlock. I can promise you, as somebody who has gone to Hurst Cross 
quite a few times. There is no easy games against Ashton United. It does not matter where they are in the league. I remember going there on opening day. Four, it must be seven or eight years ago now. And I, I think I had some sort of illness. I can't remember if it was... Uh, I think it was some sort of infection in the tooth uh, that I needed taken out. And, but I still want to go to football because football for me is just I just need to be there. It's it's my way of sort of it's my way of finding inner peace, for lack of a better term. Some people have meditation. I have watching Matt Lot Um So I remember going, and I think my mum took me and my dad at the time. And it's like you say, it's it's not too long of a trip. But I remember sleeping all there. Sleeping all the way there, got to the game, watched it, we lost 3-0, sleeping all the way back. So it wasn't the best of trips. Um, but you just never know. That Ashton team, of course, stopped um, Steve Kittrick's winning start with a, a 1-1 draw there. And as you say, at the time, they were around the foot of the table. But you know what you're going to get with these Manchester sides? They're going to be hard working. They're going to be hard hitting. And they're going to give you a game. They're not, they're not going to be rolled over. So, and I feel like you say, you, you sort of, those first 10 games in particular of the league season, you're going into the unknown. People are finding the feet. Teams are gelling and finding that consistency. So, I, I think who it doesn't really matter who you play on the opening day out of all these teams. You're going to get a difficult game. And teams are going to want to put points on the board early doors. Nobody wants to get into those first 10 games, be looking at the table and thinking, I'll be in for a long season here. Now, after that opening opening away game, we have two home fixtures. One of which, uh, our first one, is against a team beginning with B, but not the bad team beginning with B. The team I, we're all right with, Baseford United. Now, Baseford the Nottingham side. Do you remember, Matt? We did play them away as the second game of the season. Do you remember who scored the winner that day? Uh, Peter Cruz. Yes. With uh, an amazing free kick. Oh, yeah. One of the best goals, one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Yeah, it was uh, absolutely uh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Matt, I mean, Half of Matlock's games over the past 18 months have either been against Baseford or Grantham, I'm pretty sure. Well, we get to see all the sides. All the sides. Uh, I was hoping you'd expand there. I don't think you are going to that. I, I thought I'd coerce you a bit more, but... Yeah, those games, Baseford, I mean, Derbyshire versus Nottinghamshire. Two, two sides clashing. Marcus Marshall returning to the Protocol Stadium. The last time we played Baseford, it was a 2-2 draw at Matlock. Marcus couldn't play because he had an injury. Obviously, Marcus moved for an undisclosed fee from Matlock. He's, he's still very well thought of at Matlock. Um, I will still send him the odd message to ID Wolf. He's a great lad. Um, so that, that's going to be a difficult game. And then, again... Another storyline-based football game. If you love your storyline-based football games, I've got you here. Hyde United, are you thinking, James, you're talking rubbish. How is that a storyline game? And I'll tell you, Matt, it's a storyline game because certain Luke Hinsley, who was once a strike partner of Marcus Marshall, now plays for Hyde United. So that's three games, and... As we know, players like to score against their former clubs. So, we, you know, three games in, there's a lot of things to look forward to there. Is there, is there one of those three games in particular you've got your eye on? Uh, well, I think the Baseford one for me, just because obviously it's the first game at home as well, but uh, the last time Matlock did play Baseford, I think that was also a Tuesday night game at home uh, when uh, they drew 2-2. It was really good. It was a really entertaining game. And obviously, it's just one of the one of those things, isn't it? Because obviously, we never have known how that season would have gone. But it was a sign that, you know, Matlock were going to be able to contend with uh, all the big hitters in the league. So, obviously, Baseford 
for this season as well, you'd expect to be, certainly be one of the contenders uh, for the top five. Um, so yeah, probably the base for game stands out because uh, I think that'll be should be a terrific game judging by um, the past couple of times that they've played. Um, so yeah, you know each other well. Uh, Steve Chettle is their manager. Uh, not Nottingham Forest legend, played loads and loads of times for them in the Premier League. Uh, he's been there for a little while now, and I know he's uh, pretty popular at the club. Um, it's one of those clubs, isn't it, that have sort of keep going from strength to strength to at a pretty low level of non-league not not that long ago, and uh, they've uh, been on the rise pretty sharpish recently in the last few years. So that should be um, yeah, a good game. And I know I know a few people uh, sort of like in my uh, industry. Is that the best word to use? Sphere. Yeah, from uh, Baseford, who we get on with well, so uh, it'll be nice to see them, because uh, obviously not seen them for a long time. So, yeah, Baseford game should be really, really good, but it's uh, a tough uh, fixture for the opening home game, but, uh, yeah, it should be a good one. Now, I wasn't planning to go into this, because I didn't know it was done, but I've just had some breaking news slide into my inbox from our press officer Ian Richardson. This is embargoed till 3pm. However, I believe the podcast will be going out after 3pm. And it's just a discussion between the media team. But listeners, we can bring it you now. Uh, I will read through the press release and we'll get that honest and open opinion on the news. Uh, Matlock Town have signed goalkeeper Paul Cooper to challenge Sean Rowley for the number one shirt. Cooper, who is 19, impressed as a substitute in the win over Derby County and also during the first half of Friday night's 1-0 home victory against Mansfield Town. The Manchester-based shotstopper had been released by Stoke City where he was a second-year professional. He has been in the England camp, but his parents are Dutch, so he qualifies for both England and Holland nationalities. Stoke's academy director, Gareth Owen, described him as a very agile and how as a very agile keeper and how high and far he can jump is almost off the scale. I think that he has lots of potential and stands out when he plays. Matlock manager Paul Phillips was delighted to have captured Cooper. He's a very good addition for us, said Bert Phillips. And from 1 to 11, we have very good depth of players and Paul signing does just that. Now, we knew this was... We spoke about this before we went... Oh, I was going to say we went on air, but we're not technically out. Before we pressed record the scary robot lady told us that it was recorded. Um, so we knew this was coming. We didn't know if we could speak about it on the podcast. We now can. Paul Cooper versus Sean Rowley for that number one jersey. That's going to be interesting. From what you've seen, Matt, and, you know, at first you've only seen 45 minutes of Paul Cooper uh, because you're in isolation station 24372. What did you make of that 45 minutes of football? And can you judge our new signing on that 45 minutes, please? Uh, a little bit hard to say at the moment. because obviously, uh, the derby didn't really do much uh, up front, uh, especially in that second half uh, in that Matlock game. So, um, yeah, the new keeper didn't really have too much to do, uh, all things considered. I thought, uh, from being picky, is distribution of the ball was a little bit shaky. But from what I've heard, though, because uh, obviously I weren't at the Mansfield game, apparently he had uh, he had a very good game uh, when he was called into action. He made, uh, I think, two or three really good saves and his distribution was uh, was a lot better. So, you know, maybe that Derby game, maybe a little bit of nerves, maybe. Um, first first game for the club and maybe he knew if he played well, he, he, was, he was in for uh, getting a deal signed. So... Um, yeah, so a little bit hard to say. Uh, I've not really seen him sort of being in action too much because uh, Derby didn't pose uh, too much of a threat in that game. But uh, yeah, from what I've heard about the Mansfield game, um, played well. So yeah, nothing wrong with uh, a bit of competition. Um, obviously, it's fairly rare for sort of like a club at this level to have, you know, two very decent keepers sort of battling it out. So whether they sort of do some sort of deal maybe so that um, uh, the keeper goes to like another club on like a dual registration basis, you know, that that's a possibility maybe just so that both keepers are still playing regular football. Um, but yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with 
just competition for places uh, as long as it's not too overcrowded but yeah sounds uh, sounds like a good deal and uh, yeah I mean obviously F- Philo knows his goalkeeping obviously so if he's happy then uh, yeah we should all be happy with that very, very much so uh, I think it's competition is great depth in squad is great um, in fairness to Paul Cooper and I haven't. I may have to go back and watch the footage from the Derby County game, but I do know last night it was from his kick that Liam Hughes took down that allowed Callum Chipperdale to go through. And I believe, if I'm right, it was a similar ball from Coops to Liam Hughes that then put Alex Byrne through. So he he clearly has something about him, and I mean, I I. It makes me wonder if there were a bit of nerves for him for that derby game. Of course, it's always difficult coming in to a new club, especially when you're trialling. You're keen to impress. You're keen not to make mistakes. That's always on your mind. Against Mansfield, I thought he was solid. He, did, he didn't have loads to do, but what he did do, he did really well. And he had a kick on him that was... You were literally hitting the opposition's box with every kick. He, he seemed settled. He seemed... Uh, you know, Sam Edgerton was missing, so it wasn't the gladiators defence you'd expect back there with Trilist, Reese Kendall and Ryan Coulter. But he seemed at home and he seems more at ease with what he was been asked to do. And I think, like you say, that, that depth going forward, you want... It's no good just having 11 players in the Northern Premier League and thinking that's going to be enough. Because I, I will tell you now, it's... Simply not. I have seen sides come and go from this league and the sides that go on and do well are always the sides that you can look at their bench and go, oh, that player's going to change the game or that player's going to do this. You can't get away with just having one good goalkeeper anymore because injuries can and will happen, to quote the WWF video. So WWE, it's not the worldwide fund. Uh, I don't know, I've seen pandas with steel chairs. <laughs> but you need somebody who's going to come in, who's going to... Ta- I think Coops has got that. It's going to be very interesting as well. I'm going to have to ask him whether we put Dutch nationality on his player profile or English. Because if we put Dutch, then Craig Cantrell, if you're listening, go on eBay, get all flag sorted, sir. We're just going to be... Uh, that flags down that side at some point. God bless him. He, he he's committed to flagism. Is flagism a word? I don't think it's a word. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you know, we get bring your signing on here as well. That isn't that excited? Um, so yeah, lots coming up. Um, we'll talk about the cricket game very briefly because I don't think we've done the podcast since that cricket game. Uh, Matlock Cricket versus Matlock Town FC Matlock Cricket of course putting out a mixed side I believe it was some of their first, some of their second uh, a few juniors mixed in fantastic day uh, warm day uh, both myself and I believe Alex Wiles got quite sunburnt um, you know curse of bin ginger but there you go uh, or bold in my case um, not bold as in two in one but Bold as in thinning on the top. Um, I've I've managed to find a word for um, you know what what Craig Cantrell uh, is in regards to flags. He would be, nice. be described. <laughs> he would be described as a vexillologist, Ooh. A, a study or general interest in flags is called vexillology. I knew there'd I, be a I, word for it. So there you go. I don't think he's buying the flags because he has an interest in them, though. Unless he is. Maybe, maybe he's just like really into his geography. We don't know. We'll have to have Craig on at some point and ask him um, where his little flags began. That's, uh, that's you know, coming up um, on Man and Matt's new podcast, which is James and Matt's Flags of the World. Look out for that one in your Spotify playlists uh, at some point in the future. But yeah. Yeah, we we are four games in, four wins. The sun's out. 
Ice creams are sold in the park. It's not coming home. Not for England, but football came home to the practical stadium, Matthew. And, you know, we were, I thought we'd make it through this whole podcast without mentioning that, Matt. I'm not ready yet. I'm not emotionally available to talk about the final. Uh, Yeah, very, very briefly. I've not even watched any of that game back. It's too painful. (laughs) I've not even watched any of it back. I just want to say two things. So, first of all, I've only just realised Matt isn't wearing a Scotland shirt. <laughs> I thought he was. It is actually an English shirt. Secondly, and this isn't hyperbolic, and this is an innuendo, Matt's just whipped a banana out of nowhere, and I don't know what's going on here, but I have many questions. He's now holding it like he's a really naff James Bond, so that's really good. Um so that's clearly a need of potassium. So I guess we should end this podcast. Thank you for listening. Matlock Town versus Chesterfield, 7.30 p.m. kickoff on Wednesday. Please come down. We'd love to absolutely hit stadium capacity. Obviously, there's no restrictions. Uh, restrictions been moved on the night to you. Please, I'm asking you as a human who will be the game, please try and out the common sense. Think of other people. If you want to wear a mask at the game, if that makes you feel safe, respect people's rights to do that. Because at the end of the day, whether you're a Matlock Town fan, whether you're a Chesterfield fan, whether you're a neutral, we all are human. We all got to look after each other. And the best way we can do that is by using common sense and being responsible. Then on the Saturday, we travel to Newcastle Town in another preseason oh, friendly, 1 pm kickoff. I beg your pardon. Um, in Staffordshire, yes. We're not off to the tomb. Matt's not treating me to a, a, a day out in Newcastle, sadly. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. Hopefully, for those who saw my not-so-brilliant text commentary for the Mansfield Town game, I'm, I'm a bit, a, a, a wee bit rusty. Um, I did forget to put up the full-time score until 2am in the morning on the Facebook page. So if you didn't notice that, I'm very sorry. Um, But we did win and I was in the bar for a fair bit afterwards. So I did contribute to the club in that way. Now, let's round things off. Thank you again to Matthew Rhodes. Matt, do you have anything to plug other than Mark Bailey's book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, quite a lot. Uh, there's just loads going on. It's a little bit of a blessing in disguise that I have to stay at home at the moment because I've actually got time to write all these now. Uh, but yeah, in brief, um, well, <laughs> by the time this goes out, uh, the match may have ended by now. But uh, North Derbyshire Radio are doing well. They've they've got lots of stuff planned in terms of the the um, football coverage for the upcoming season. So. I know they're doing stuff for Alfred and Chesterfield today, but um, in terms of Matlock, um, North Derbyshire Radio are doing full live match commentary uh, for uh, Gladiators against the Spy Rights on Wednesday evening. So um, I'll be on it, whether I sound like Danny Murphy or not. I hope not, but we'll see. And uh, Josh Smith uh, will be on lead commentary. That's so. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll be doing that. So if you can't go to the game, um, then you, you are you are able to listen to it on there. And uh, there's an event called uh, the Olympics. Don't know if anyone's heard of it, but that's never heard of it. it. Uh, it won't feel like the Olympics. I'm going to uh, be pretty blunt. It will be very very strange because I thought you were about to say. It won't feel like the Olympics, but I'll be in Tokyo. I'm on my way, James. I was like, <laughs> you kept that quiet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish. But um, yeah, uh, so that's going. Uh, so there's a full Olympics preview uh, that I'll be doing for Derbyshire Media Company. Uh, there's a lot, um, a lot of Derbyshire interest. So uh, yeah, so you can have a read of that or you can uh, listen to it on a live link uh, through North Derbyshire Radio as well. And also, just finally, because uh, they'll be doing the same sort of thing for the Paralympics as well, but I'm hoping to interview um, a Matlock Paralympian. Uh, there's no there's no one for the Olympic Games that's from Matlock, unfortunately, but uh, I've looked into it and there is actually some um, 
a very local interest in the Paralympics. Uh, it's a guy called Ryan Cowling, uh, who is from Matlock, and he's in Team GB's uh, wheelchair rugby team. Uh, I think it's nicknamed Murderball, I think. Uh, and he's in that, and I'm hoping to interview him uh, at some point next week in prep for the Paralympics, which begins in late August. So, yeah, stay tuned for that, I guess. Uh, you notice I said to Matt, plug something here. Matt went, hey, I hope we've got an extension course because that will have a lot of plugs. Uh, always, always. So, yes, go check out that. Matt's a brilliant writer. North Derbyshire Radio, we've done a lot of stuff with them as a club. Really looking forward to doing more stuff with them. Nas, Josh, my whole team over there, are great people. Uh, apologies for anybody who heard my cat during Matt's plugging there. My cat's working really hard currently to get his dreamy sponsorship. He's not heard anything back from them. So if Felix or any of the other cats in the know want to help him out, give him a bell. Um, my pugs wise, go follow me on Twitter at the Matlock fan. Go follow the club on Twitter at Matlock underscore town FC. Go follow Matthew on Twitter at Matlock Roads. It's worrying if he doesn't know. Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. If there's a social media platform, we're usually on there. We're not on TikTok because I don't really understand TikTok. I think uh, we're both too old for TikTok. I, I'm just old, which is bad because, you, you know, for those who don't know, I just want to point this out to end the podcast, right? I'd known Matt for about a year. I thought for the longest time Matt was younger than me. You know, he's got this head of hair, he's got his boyish charm, and he's he's got full of youthfulness, and I'm like, I thought, oh, he's got to be five, six years younger than me. Ask other people. Who do you think's younger? No, Matt's a few years older than me. Now, whereas I look about 20 years older than him, um, you know, it's just further proof that a full head of hair doesn't make the man, but it damn well sure helps. And we're going to end on that. So thank you for listening, and we shall be back coming in your ears another time. Thank you very much. Bye.